This is episode one of the Must Make podcast. I'm Jack. How's it going? Hi. Um, for those of you who've got no fucking idea who Jack is, uh, I'm one half of Spectrosoul. Um, we're a UK-based electronic music duo. Been going for about ten years and a bit, and I'm now working on this project called Workforce, which is me on my own. Uh, so yeah, the, this podcast it was a long time in the making. I've been thinking about doing it for ages. Broadly, it's going to be about creative process. It's something I'm super interested in, and it doesn't seem to get a lot of attention from music journalists or creative journalists at all, really. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to maybe just have some conversations about the topic and see if we can get into some territory that hasn't been covered before. So the idea really is to not focus on the tools that people use to make creative stuff, but to look at the processes, the routines and the mindsets of creative people. Uh, first off, we're going to just be tapping into some of my peers. Uh, hopefully we'll expand it out to some other non-music types. And we're going to find out what makes them tick, what's driving them, and really drill down into their mentality. Um, and I just want to know how they set their lives and workspaces and other routines up to achieve their results. Um, and the idea is really that I don't have all the answers. It's just to go on an exploration and work out how people work and how people tick and how people get their results um, the processes will differ for every person um, and it's basically hopefully going to be a learning experience for everyone involved me the guests and you the listener so the very first guest i've got is darren white aka d bridge he's been releasing music since the mid 90s as part of bad company and future forces uh, before he went solo and became Bridge. His label Exit is one of the most diverse and eclectic labels you're likely to find and we met in about 2008 when me and Dave as Spectrosol were working on a 12 inch single for Darren uh, and his Exit Records label and we've just remained friends ever since really we talk music, we talk production, we talk direction, we bitch about everything else. More recently I guess you may have seen that uh, I, as Workforce, released a just released an EP with Darren on Exit Records. It's a little six-track EP. Go check that out. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Darren was always going to be the first guest for me on this discussion because I know he thinks about this stuff a lot and quite deeply. And anyway, what resulted was a really wide-ranging and quite in-depth and personal, more personal than I thought, actually, but a very personal discussion. And... Um, the time flew basically we talked for about two hours i've managed to edit it down a little bit so it's more palatable um and we ended up in some seriously off the beaten track territory that i didn't think we would get to at all so uh let's get into it uh so yeah so this is episode one we've got debridge on the line from antwerp how are you hey i'm good man how you doing yeah i'm doing well i've got this like good ragtag good. setup um and some like we'll start somewhere i know mate and that was the thing i just thought <laughs> let's just go for it and see where the conversation goes i remember talking to you about it first of all ages ago and uh yeah i think you forgot didn't you we were in a cafe and i made loads of notes really <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i i played a gig in uh i can't remember where i was i think i'd played in at star wars or something somewhere in belgium steam i played at yeah. steam 
Um, okay. And then I took the train over to Antwerp, and you picked me up in your car, and you just learned to drive, if I remember correctly. Oh, right. Do you remember that? And we went to this, like, sort of Scandinavian breakfast spot and had, like, this weird cream cheese salmon on toast thing. And I started, like... Do you know what? It's weirdly, I vaguely remember it, but at the same time, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Christ, my memory's terrible. I do remember that, and I'm trying to think where that is, though. It was it was kind of near-ish to Antwerp Station, if I remember correctly, because I remember coming out and you picked me up. But, like, I came out the top bit, not not the downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, like, on a main road, and you had to pull in. Anyway, yeah, this is um this is thrilling. But basically, yeah, so... Like I sent you over the, the the thing of like the what I want to try and get at with these conversations really, and it's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like I'm not really. I think there's loads of emphasis placed on producers and creatives about like what tools they use, and sort of you know what in our world it's like compressors and EQs and like how do you get that snare to sound like that. But I've never really been that interested in that. No, I'm not as well. How do you feel about like if you were to ask your sort of favorite producers or creatives or um you know anything really any any creative person any questions what what do you reckon you'd ask them um well it's weird it's kind of like i think that's you know that with the advent of things are uh, how things are now that question has changed you know what i mean it's like you know i feel like i'm asking my peers like how are you doing things rather than you know, like you say, the actual physical act of like, how are you doing that to that, rather than how do you get to that? Do you know what I mean? So it's like the whole thing of like I've always it's always been known. I always say I hate mixing, and it's not something that I'm good at. And I just feel that that it, that's something that gets in the way. It's of, it does get in the way of my creativity, which I find really frustrating. But but if you're if you're now asking people like how to do things like mix wise and you know that side of things does that mean that you now have sort of more confidence in your creative ability and all you need sort of help with is how to make that creative ability sound better yeah and no because it's kind of like this it's like sometimes i worry that because i have to think about these these sort of sonics that that side of it it's making me second guess my choices in what I'd like and what I'd use. Do you know what I mean? And how I'd go about using them. It's almost like I'd rather just be not worry about how, whether there's frequencies clashing in certain things, but you know, I just want to get on with it and then worry about, have to think about that later. It's almost like the, the creative part of making music is being interrupted by, the sonics and the how-tos of things. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I kind of struggle. But this is, again, um, this is why I've become way more interested. I mean, I've always been sort of more interested in creative process than the actual tools people use and the methods to get mm. things like loud or punchy or whatever, because all that stuff can be done later. And that's why we've almost got to this point now in our little world where that's so important. Mm. And so we've almost lost the artistry side of it in the sense of people making sacrifices for sound rather than for good music well yeah it's like that whole thing of like you know well 
using like basses that are outside the key of F or something mm. because that's what sonically cuts through on the sound system. It's just like mm. what that I don't want to have to think about that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want those things to determine my choices. Yeah. Um and that's I can't get my I you know, I always can't I can't get my head around. Mm. And I, to be to be totally honest with you, like that's why um like I think it's a really interesting time because this conversation about um, trying to almost do away with those restrictions opens up a more interesting conversation about what it is you're trying to achieve and yeah. like mix aside. Because now you can't tell me that people 20 years ago really were that concerned with how loud or punchy or, you know, our, our culture is about sound system and so things do have to sound good on there, but... There's lots of people who don't spend much time on their engineering and their tunes sound great. Like your tunes sound great. So because they're done in a certain way. So it's not for me it's like so many people have had the handcuffs put on in terms of like all the technical I think stuff. it's a weird one. I don't I, you know I I've thought about it and I I I do you know wonder cuz I I've kind of you know grown up from working with people and working in studios and studios that did in some cases have engineers. Mm. So there was that person there who was able to deal with those, you know, issues that I might not necessarily have had to, you know, had to think about. Mm. For example, like when I used to, like in the, like 96, 97, working with Nico and No U-Turn, and he was, he was the boards guy. He was the guy on the, on the mixing desk, on the, you know, with the, um, all the outboard effects and all that kind of stuff. He was that guy while everyone else was more, everyone else was just kind of like, get your samples together, you know, and create, get a palette of sounds. And I'll, it's almost like, I'll make it good. I feel like that was like partly to do with the fact that there wasn't really a, a race for loudness and stuff, you know, like you had much more room to play with, I guess, in that era. And yeah. And at the same time, you also had, you had the master in engineering, engineer before it went to doing their job. Do you know what I mean? It's like we as a, we as engineers in that in sort of mastering, quote unquote, were kind of taken out of the equation because, you know, the whole advent of CDJs and burning things to CDs and playing files wasn't around then. So there was someone there to sort of, sort of sculpt the sound somewhat, do you know what I mean, towards the medium. So therefore probably cleaned up some of the problems that, that may have been there, you know. Mm. It, I think it's really funny that, um, and I, I don't know whether this will be the case with every one of these that I do, but it's funny that the first subject we go into is always the technical. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the same yeah. with whenever I talk to anyone, like any of our peers who I'm like either talking to about a problem I've got or whatever, it's always you sort of, you, you revert back to talking about how to achieve a sonic goal rather than a creative goal? Well, I think that's always been some part and parcel, especially of D&B, do you know what I mean? It's always been part and parcel because it is like in terms of, as a music, it pushed technology and that kind of goes in hand in hand with it. It was like, you know, we pushed samplers to their limits um, and what, you know, um, just the way it, doors and the, you know, the arrangements and things like that. So it's kind of like it's always been part of the landscape of, of, of drum and bass. So the, the technical aspect of it, but now it's almost like now there's almost like a level playing field in the sense of like everything's in the box. There's these other sort of mountains and hills to be climbed and, you know what I mean? Sort of 
um, you have to be the, you know master, the master of this aspect of the technology. Do you know what I mean? I find that, but I think again, that's like to go back to what I said. I think I said it earlier. Is that where you've like the playing field, as you said, is almost leveled, and everyone's got access to pretty much every bit of software and every sample pack. It means that you can now to differentiate yourself go back to really working on sound and process and that's why that's the part of it that I'm super interested in so like I've never been one for music that's really really sounds amazing but it's kind of devoid of ideas and uh, progression and sort of interesting stuff like and I think I yeah I mean you'd have to tell me if you're wrong if I'm wrong but I think like from your the music that you put out and the music you make that's all I've. I always find that even with like so. For example, when you and I were putting the uh, the workforce EP together, I would say, "Oh, I've made a tweak to this and I've made a tweak to that," and you'd be like, "You're overthinking. Just leave it." And that's me being yeah. suff- you know suffering from that that sort of problem of feeling like things constantly need to be tweaked. But again, I feel like that's part of the creative struggle. It's like you sometimes do that stuff to procrastinate. And and even when it came to recording this with you, I said, "Oh, let's not do Monday because I want to do this, that, and the other." But really, um, it was because part of me is worried about you know taking the plunge and starting. Yeah, we're like, now and like, we're always getting in our own way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do I do it all the time, kind of like get in my own way, find excuses not to not to do things or feel like it's like that whole thing of you know getting feeling like you need this bit of equipment to, to achieve this, you know what I mean? The, 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 your ultimate goal. And really I could just get on, you know, with just a laptop, I could do everything. Do you know what I mean? But I choose to think right, no, I need this bit of equipment and I need that. And it's, it is just these, these hurdles and obstacles that you put in your way. And I'm kind of, I'm getting, I'm starting to, I'm sort of see that I do have that problem and I'm getting better at it, at, at dealing with it, I think. But uh, it's still, a problem for me and I'm not sure what it is whether it's kind of why I'm getting in my own way do you know what I mean what is it and I think it comes some of it comes down to uh, I don't know I just I, I think I just enjoy the art of making music and the other side of it is it bugs me do you know what I mean the the, the side of actually having to put it out mm. and have people yeah. listen to it and all that I don't care about that do you know what I mean so it's almost like I'm creating these obstacles so I don't have to do that but don't you think the iron the irony of that is that self-indulgent music making make, makes the best music so it's like when you're being self-indulgent and really allowing yourself to do whatever you want that's when you make mm. the best stuff and arguably that's when it's like you know you have said fuck all the listeners and fuck everything else I'm just going to get on with it and if I like it I like it but arguably it's weird because those ones are always the best ones so they're they're the ones that you almost feel more I always feel more comfortable with those where I'm like I love that one can't wait to put it out and I don't care what anyone thinks so it's weird how those two things like for me anyway go hand in hand in terms of you know being able to to let go so I guess actually that actually brings me on to an interesting part of the conversation or a part of the conversation I wanted to touch on anyway which Mm -hmm. is like do you have any sort of routines or practices on a, like a creative day that would help you get into like the right mindset or the right sort of headspace? Because a lot, like you know, like routines quite important, but equally breaking a routine could help you to come up with something different or you know push yourself somewhere else. I 
think do you know what I mean? If it's like if it's it's changed for me, do you know what I mean? As in, like, as in, if I look at my my life and of making music and career of making music, that has changed, and I've had to adapt. You know, the fact that I'm a father now and I've got two kids, and I have to you know work around those sort of parameters now. Whereas so, whereas before I could kind of go in all day, all night, and just tweak and twiddle and to my heart's content and you know what I mean it's like I have to be more committed some in some respects and I can go for like you know weeks um, just working on working on ideas getting little loops up and things like that and nothing nothing comes and then it's like suddenly there'll be like a day or just a couple hours where something sort of comes together so I've had to kind of learn to adjust to that um and that's been i think that's for me that, that's been really sort of difficult and getting my head around because music is always for me in some respects been about so there's a certain amount of freedom do you know what i mean so but that free i no longer have the same freedom that i used to have with making music so i've had to sort of realign how that freedom and and that's where I kind of like that kind of because I, you know, because it's also my job as well, that, that there's this really hard balancing act of kind of like wanting, making music for me, for my sake, and then making music to be able to create work and so on and so forth. And that's, I think that's the struggle that I have at the moment and I'm still working out. Okay, look, there's there's two angles there that I think are really interesting. One is like um, the battle of the creative within the framework of like what's considered valuable and like you have to do this to make a living to continue to doing, to be able to continue to do the art. So yeah. you're constantly towing the line between what's commercially going to make you enough money to continue making and what you love to make so there's that side of it that i know we all struggle with all creative people i imagine struggle with it um mm. so i wonder if you could like elaborate a bit on how difficult you find that sometimes um well i think in some respects that what i've the choices that i've made over the years have given me an an extra sort of layer of freedom in terms of like my direction is kind of like I've not committed myself to, to to say a sound or a certain do you know what I mean or certain expectations it's kind of like I've you know whether it's through exit you know my label or through my own releases I've given myself that freedom that I can explore where I want so that I'm lucky in that sense do you know what I mean but I also recognize that you know I do have a label that you know that I do have to kind of you know push artists and promote artists and um, play their music and so on and so forth. So that's been for me that person that's been a personal battle that I've had to deal with over the last year, especially whereby you know I left my previous agency because I just felt that it was getting in the way of my own personal happiness and direction as a as a producer because i do see myself as a producer first over a dj do you know what i mean so it's like i wanted to be able to stay true to what i want to do and hope and 
you know deliver sort of my music to 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 the world in a that's uncompromising you know what i mean in in my own world um and because i i don't know i've kind of seen in some respects how you know life can get in the way of things and life can dictate what happens with people's music and i've never wanted that or or it's i, I don't know i'm so i suppose it internally is quite scared of it do you know what i mean yeah. being kind of like oh shit i've got to do what I've got to do these foghorn things now because that's what everyone wants. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Do, do you think? Do you think? Um, unfortunately, that being a creative person um, mm. means you have to be. There's a horrible way to put it, but it's like you have to be quite selfish in the sense of, um, you know, like for example. The reason this I've got I've called this like must make and the, the the my label I called must make as a result is because when I really thought and drilled down into like what I'm about and who I am and all that sort of stuff, I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't make music or have some sort of fulfillment of out like some fulfilling outlet of creative something. Yeah. It's like that sounds really awful and quite selfish, but it's, and, and it is quite, well, no, it's not really. It's just kind of like, you know, I don't know anything else personally. Just, yeah. It's like, this is what I've kind of like mm. trained all my life to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, and it's I think, like, this is what, <laughs> and again, that's like, that's the interesting part for me is that, and this is what I want to get into really is like, since you've been, you know, like since all people who are professional creatives have trained, they're basically, like you said, they've spent their hours doing it and they are training to do this thing. Like that training teaches you sort of, I guess, rhythms and patterns and lifestyle choices that you can make to really yeah. help um, optimize the time that you spend creating. Yeah. So when you said, for example, that you really have to be careful and like you're selective with your time because of your family commitments, mm -hmm. what can you do? Like, what do you do where you've got that spare bit of time? Like, if you really had to cut to the nitty gritty and you've got only a few hours and you really want to try and get something down and make the most of that time, what would be like either things that you do to prepare for that time or like what would be the first thing you'd, you'd think about doing in that time to really optimize the use of it? Um, what were the first things I do? Do you know what? It's like, I think it's, it's the same way. Like you see that you must have, that that training that you've given yourself over these years is kind of like it's like I'm almost like tuned in to a certain frequency, if you want, of what it is I like. It's like I know instantly, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. What if I like that snare? If I like that chord? If I so it's like in, as I'm going through sounds and flicking, through, it's like it's like you can just know straight away. So it's almost like I have I I do think that I do have my own sonic palette it's exclusive to me i think um and i think and i'm sh pretty sure other people must have it as well do you know what i mean it's like you, you kind of like you've got that's why that whole thing of like um things have to hit in a certain way or you know this snare or whatever this frequency that i, that I never that i never got with that do you know what i mean it's like it's like the, the science and maths of it doesn't appeal to me do you know what i mean it's like i want to know what if i have a direct connection to that sound yeah so so if you i guess yeah so if you know when you hear a sound or um you've made a synth patch or 
whatever and you're, mm-hmm. you're working um if you know what you're looking to achieve does that mm-hmm. sort of mean that you know what you're trying to communicate and if you do what is it Uh, do I know what I'm trying to communicate? I don't. Nec- <sighs> I'm not sure if I know what necessarily know what I'm trying to communicate. I'm just kind of like there's is there's this this inner voice that you're trying to give an outer voice to. Do you know what I mean? Through through the through these your, your your these selections of sounds and the way you put things together. Is it like a mood, maybe, rather than a, a specific idea? Because I know, obviously, you you sing and write lyrics as well, so that's a very different component. But say, mm. but when you're when you're not using lyrics, for example, I'm guessing there's some like it's f- the same for me too. Really, I I I know when I'm auditioning sounds that I know what mood I'm trying to get inside of and like yeah. convey. And sometimes it's a feeling as well. So it's or it's like a an actual physical feeling where you're thinking, if I play this in a certain environment. It will actually have a physical effect on someone's body, um, in in the sense of that it might be a really low note, or you know, some some physical. Um, I think it's just trying to. I'm trying to stimulate a physical effect within myself. Do you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like that's what I'm looking for. Like that's why I'm drawn to certain songs or drawn to certain sounds. It's like mm-hmm. I noticed that, especially because I used to work with work with samples, that. And that's where I've had to kind of learn with Sims because obviously there's a certain amount of things are tuned and everything's nice and, and on point. That, but, you know, I, I, I like to use things that modulate and, and, and pitch and, and change and drift the tuning of things because I don't like things to be dead on. Do you know what I mean? I like that kind of slightly disconcerting, sort of not quite in the, in settled do you know what I mean? Tones and things like that. So, I guess that leads me to a, an interesting question, which is, um, what is your relationship with imperfection? And I guess that does relate to the mix mm. aspect of things as well. Like, I think imperfection is just it is. I think that's something. In some ways, it's like I never really realised about it until you know I used to talk with my brother, and you know we used, especially when coming from drums and from breaks do you know what i mean it's kind of like he was always trying to like program program imperfection do you know what i mean mm. human error mm. and things like that into into the drums and like that and that's where swing and all that kind of things you know if you listen to for example you know like diller and just these, the placements of the snares and all these it's those imperfections that give something a groove yeah. or you know a swing so to speak so sounds it's like, human doesn't it it sounds yeah, like imperfect, exactly you know imperfect and that's you know and, always, and i've always sort of been drawn to that and i think it's like with with the sounds that i like and the samples that i think there's there's kind of like these especially as some of like the, the pads and stuff that i sampled there's like there's lots of like harmonics and all these things sort of clashing and working within each other and the fact that i've taken it off a record and there might be a slight drift in the sample in terms of you know from the recording of it or um it's yeah, I think like one record that I had, which for me had a mistake. Like True Romance has got got had a mistake in it, and the mistake that was in it, I cleaned up in the VIP, huh. and it it was it was weird. It's kind of like I kind of wished I hadn't done it at the same time with the VIP, but you know that that mistake is it's, it's only something that I can hear, and I don't think anyone really 
else would know what it is, but it's there, and I'm I'm okay with it. Do you know what I mean? But I felt like again, like it felt like oh maybe I need I need to fix that, and then there was that instant regret at having fixed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I do you know what? Do you know what? I was thinking about this when I was like I was writing shitloads of notes for um, the overall feel of what I wanted to do with this com- these conversations, and um, yeah. I remembered when I was thinking about imperfection, there was, do you remember when you probably don't, but it was maybe in 2009, me and Dave and you went down to Bo's studio to master the melodies and insignia 12. And I remember I brought my laptop with me because I had the project file on it. And this is how basic it was. I remember you, we, Bo was listening to the master and there was like a click or something in it, like a, like where I hadn't done a fade or something. And I remember yeah. you pulling us up and going, what the fuck? Like, what's that? Like, you need to get rid of that. And me like opening up the project file, doing a fade yeah. on the, like, I would never do this now because there's so much stuff on my master file that it just wouldn't work. And like fading a little imperfection click and then sending a new pre-master back to Bo while we were in the studio together. So it's fine. Yeah, like, I, <sighs> I do have an issue with clicks. Yeah, but like, there's so much music that I love that where they leave it in for like effect, and it's like, yeah, I just, I maybe, I remember seeing like Addison Groove some somewhere in London playing, and he was playing on a real, I think he was like on a real drum machine, and it was a live show, and the whole thing fell apart, and I was just like, this is fucking great because at least you know there is yeah. a chance that this whole thing could fall apart and therefore it makes the whole thing far more special doesn't it because it's like yeah. you know he's holding it together and everyone now knows that how easy it could all fall apart and he's still making it so kind of fit and yeah. it's like that for me is where the magic yeah. in creation is is where there's like you've left human mistakes in and like that says more about it than it than it just being absolutely perfect it's like those things when you're actually, you know, with making music. So I'm a big fan of like, you know, retrospective recording and capture last takers recording as well. Cause mm. it's like you capturing those moments. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That you don't necessarily, that you, where you're not thinking about it. You're just, you're just going doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's like those things are, uh, are important, um, in terms of catching a vibe. That's it. So just for people who go, don't, might not know what capture last take is, do you want to maybe just, explain what that is okay so like most most doors i think well not actually not well not, not all of them but i know like cubase and logic is always recording in the background recording midi or yeah basically always recording midi in the background hmm. so you know when i because for me like when i um right okay i've worked out a melody so to speak hit record it's like right perform do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. it's almost like I freeze up and it's kind of like, I'm always going to make mistakes. So yeah. I'd rather just kind of like have the loop going, playing, keep, keep playing. And then it's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, that was sick. Mm. Capture it. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got that part there. So it's kind of like a lot of my stuff is, is built that way as well. Um, it's like I use, cause I use Bitwig now and using, um, it's got like it's clip launch, you know, like like Ableton with clips and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I use the same thing where I just keep going, recording and recording until I find the bit, until you 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 find that bit that you connect with. Um, but yeah, so capture. I think it's those capturing those imperfections are what's the, especially with electronic music. It's kind of like it's it's what you were saying about it, it's just like that human error. It's it's needed. Um, and that's you know that's where still my biggest problem is today kind of the science is sort of overtaking 
the feeling of, of what we're doing. Do you know but I think I mean? maybe that speaks to the mentality of like um, creatives though, because I feel like creative people are quite sensitive in the sense that, you know, you can be affected by external elements that you're not like with, you know, like the idea that it's somehow imposed upon you by external factors that you have to sort of adhere to certain scientific and mix goals is bullshit. And mm. I think a lot of people feel that pressure. Um, I definitely do, but it's yeah. but it's. Don't you think it's like it's almost on us to sort of be like, actually, all of that stuff can you know, if you just <laughs> if you decide you don't want to get things as loud as the loudest piece of music out there or as like punchy, and that isn't what you're going for, and it's and it's much more important about important about like communicating your idea. Surely that sort of supersedes all the other shite. Like, uh, uh, like surely you're you're if you're anything like me, and I'm I'm just, I think like we all of us have some similarities. It's um like your favourite sessions that you've done or your favourite piece of music that you've finished. Usually you didn't spend much time thinking about the the technicalities of it. You've just it's fallen yeah. into place. You know. Well, the the problem that well, the thing that you know for me the way that I've uh, I'm to answer that problem from my own point of view is, is I'm having to disregard everyone else. Do you know what I mean? So it's to the point of like, now that's, that's why I'm doing a live project or, you know, that's so it's like, because I do have to, to think about the performance side of things, you know, to create work for myself. So for me to then be able to not worry about all of that, I want to go, I want to, you know, I'm going to go out and do a live thing where this is all, at least there's a consistency to how shit it sounds. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all yours. Yeah. yeah I get Because like, it's all mine. Yeah. So that was the, that was the energy behind you doing a live show was thinking that if I just play all my own music, it will sonically stand up against each other because you've made it. Is that right? Yeah, because there, there's a there's a consistency to, to to all of it. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like like with my when you do an album, there's a consistency and there's a kind of like a a constant theme. Do you know what I mean? And then maybe yeah, the DJ come or the person on after me, they might have a a better sonics, but for my section, it all there was a cohesiveness to it. Yeah. Well, do you know what I mean? You, and, but okay, so for for you, for example, like your music you could hand it over to anyone or like another engineer you could like just relieve yourself of all the stress by just saying i'm going to write it someone else can work out how to make this sound sonically really really good do you know what i mean oh yeah that's something i'd love i'd love to be in that position that is like i mean you know in, in terms of the ideal worlds is i'd never have to dj or perform mm. and i can just do write the tune and give it to someone well you know a lot of people i've worked with you know, i could call it mig make it good do you know what yeah. i mean and it's like that those that that's an ideal scenario for me but it will never you know i know it will kind of never happen so i at least at least have to kind of give my music a fighting chance do you know mm. what i mean if i want it to be to be played in those spaces and arenas yeah do you know what i mean but i can't i can't compete do you know what i mean and i don't want to and mm. i don't want to have to compete so i'd rather kind of find a space where i can do what i do and be happy with be and be happy with the imperfections that I know that are there and not be and not have them highlighted <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. by putting them up against someone which, else's tune is yeah. that what you mean 
Yeah, in some respects, yeah. And I think it's, you know, that's, I'm okay with that. Do you know what I mean? I'm okay that that person is a better engineer to me or that person can make their stuff, you know, but I just know that I, what I do has my own voice and it's, it's different. It's just, it's just, there's this, there's this other playing field that you have to, that we are all involved in that I don't necessarily want to play on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah. I guess what, like the overarching thing within the context of this conversation that sounds like a really arty farty way of saying it i'm basically just saying sort of like broadly from a creative standpoint you you feel like you can't make a certain genre of music because you don't have the ability to mix it to the sonic benchmark that you think is set yeah to some extent yeah definitely and i'm okay i'm okay with that i just think uh, it's a shame because like it's a shame because it's a shame that that thing has become such an important part of creative process. Like, and that's why I asked you about imperfection is because, like, no, why should anyone be striving for imperfection? Uh, striving for perfe- perfection, you always fail. Like, you're never going to get something that's perfect, and that's why I think. Well, yeah, it's all subjective, obviously, but at yeah. the same time, it's kind of like we're all, you know, we're playing on these huge, great, bloody systems, and it is like you can tell when something just bangs. Do you know what I mean? But again, like, but again, it's like, is that the goal? Like, is that what we're aiming for now? Is that the only goal we have with what we're doing? Well, yeah, it's for a lot of people, definitely, because it's like, you you, you know, we're, everyone's just kind of like, there's all these tricks, aren't there, that people employ to kind of... <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but we, we are like, I feel like for some reason, there's a pressure to like adhere to the way that people do their work. But surely, and this is something I think we've discussed about another topic, but... And on another day, I should say, um, we should be like offering the alternative, you know, like, for, like, oh, no, off, off, I, I, oh yeah, definitely. I, but I, I, I know, you, I, know always... you, I know you already do that. That's, that's not, that's not, it's not fair to say that you don't already do that. But I mean, I hate the idea that you're put off making a sort of certain sort of music that I'm sure you still love because you don't feel you can get to a certain point, like engineering wise but I'm like, yeah I don't, I don't know it's just kind of like you know before it was like I've always seen myself as the, in some ways as the alternative do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like when when the kind of big you know DMB was at this kind of uh, you know um, charting in the you know all this kind of you know charting and blah 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 I was okay with it do you know what I mean it's because like that's cool because I need that to be there for me to be the alternative. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's always been a kind of like this factor of, of what I do. I'm okay with any, any kind of, you know, sort of sub genre or stuff within, within the scenes. Cause I can, cause I can be the alternative. Do you know what I mean? In terms of in, in a mass appeal kind of thing. But now there's, like I say, we're talking about this sort of another side of making music that's come into play. That's, that I can't, I don't know whether I can be the, is, can my shit mixes be the alternative to It's like, mm. and I guess to be fair, like that is what most creatives, I guess like historically creative people, when they see a change in something that they don't like, they move on and just do something else. Yeah. Don't they? So, 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 so rather than, rather, rather than me sort of com, com, keep battling that, that, you know, keep, you know, battling that. Why, why put myself through that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So then I need, so I need to find myself a space where I can be happy with 
but I'm ha- be happy with my lot and where and what what it is that I do and how I do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I'm sure I could. I'm sh- in some ways I'm sure I could get to a stage where it it competes, but I f- almost feel like I'd have to make certain sacrifices in terms of my tones yeah. or the, the, my sound choices mm. and things like that because you know mathematically that snare isn't quite you know it's like I, you know i've given you know given my mixes to people and it's like oh yeah there's a bit of you're missing some of this frequency i'm like well okay so in my head i'm like okay well what am i supposed to do to fill that because i'm okay with it as well, it is can i just I mean? like you just saying that gives me a horrid sinking feeling in my guts it's like this is bullshit this is fucking bullshit and we shouldn't be aiming for like full spectrum you're missing that there it's fucking bullshit and it's like but that's but that, that but that is there though that is the you know this everyone's using the you know the, the pink noise curve and using it's just like i we, when all that shit came in it was like for fuck's sake i like, i don't i don't know about that and i don't care about that mm. do you know what i mean because i don't want those this and this you know this this line this outline to dictate what how my music should be made yeah. I, I suppose in some ways that's why i've always enjoyed co- collaborating with people as well because mm. it's kind of like people being in a in a, in this like people working to their strengths do you know what i mean and there's that that symbiotic relationship and understanding of what both of you are doing yeah um does being in a room with someone who you might think is like a better engineer does that take the stress off you in a session to allow you to sort of free you up a bit more creatively oh yeah massively okay so so that so that is a positive for you in terms of uh, um in terms of that dynamic and that that feeling of oh, i hate to use this word mate but inadequacy with the mix stuff <laughs> do you know what i mean because yeah, no, and, I, and that, i get this all... I, I have to be honest like, i get the same like i i i beat myself up about mixes big time like and and i think this is part of the process and i guess there's there's a couple of areas i want to drill down into a bit more but one of them is about um the mentality of letting go when you're done Mm. and one of those things that i think a lot of producers do is a lot of creatives do is they will sit back and pick at the work and pick at the the mix or the arrangement or the um certain sounds so i wonder what your relationship is once you think you've finished a piece of music like how long you would sort of sit with it and what your process might look like and how how stressful or how easily you can let go of stuff once it's done or once you think it's done uh, it's it's always been hard to let go i can't i'm I, again it's something that you learn to do and you learn to get better with mm. Um, you know, I've got mixes of, I've got tunes that are years old that I'm still working on the mixes. Do you know what I mean? And that, and then, but at the same time, the only reason that I'm still working on the mix is because they don't stand up to what's going on today. So in, in some respect, the tune's done. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just that there's this extra, extra layer of something that needs to be thought about that's getting in the way of kind of letting it go. So is your, is your only fear of letting it go? to do with the mix or is the the mix sort of like a substitute for potentially you not being completely happy with it yeah no i think to actually in, in for the last probably last five five six maybe ten years i think just the mix has got in the way of me letting go i'm happy with the tune the tune's arranged 
you know what I mean? I don't, I, there's nothing in terms of arrangement and the actual where everything is and all that, nothing needs to be done. So it's definitely it's not, it's definitely not a case of, um, this tune's done, oh, but the mix is stopping me to put it out. It, it, it is literally the mix that's stopping you. It's not the fact that there's like some other fear of putting it out into the world. It is literally just no, the no, mix. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's just the mix. <laughs> that's just like, yeah. I mean, it's mad that we've got here, isn't it? Like, I remember yeah. just sticking a bit crusher on the master when I was when I was like 20 and that would be <laughs> it. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't even limit anything, yeah. just send it off. And it's just like, I think, I think that's like p- part of the reason why I wanted to do these conversations as well is to try and bring some focus back to the fact that there is a lot of artistry and creative process that's kind of getting forgotten about forgotten because so many people are just so hung up on like mixes and I mean especially in our world I I do want to sort of open these conversations up eventually like but obviously it's easy at the minute for me to just chat to people I know like straight away but you know what other barriers are there like why 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 do we have this shit it's like it's not I mean, just think how much music you could have put out if you weren't hung up on, or if there wasn't this, this imposition on a mix. Do you know what I mean? I've got loads, mate. But that's but the thing. I, that's I, the thing. It's <laughs> mad, isn't it? Do, do, do yeah. you think it's fucking mad? And it's like most people, the only people who might even critique a mix are just other engineers. So really, if you or other producers. So if you put that aside and just don't worry what anyone else thinks in your peer group and just go ahead, it feels to me like if you just go for it, like no, no no punter's going to be like oh that mix is a bit shit so I won't yeah well like again that's that that's you know that's something that's been building up for so long for me which is why I had to make these these sort of decisions on on how I present present what I do now yeah. so I don't have kind of those concerns are, are no longer in the way for me yeah so I get well we did well so when I said a minute ago about you know when people see things not and they don't like them in the world that they're in. They just sort of go off and do something else. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the the risk that you took in terms of taking a sideward step to do a live show, and how you how you sort of deal with taking risk taking in your process generally. I know that was a big sort of gamble for you to sort of. For those who don't know, Darren's like doing this sort of extra live show with drum pedals and synthesizers and no computer. Am I right? Yeah, no computer. And and obviously, within our little world and within electronic music anyway, that's obviously quite a big uh, undertaking and obviously quite risky for you too. Um, yeah. Not creatively, because I guess risks have to be taken, but financially, and that is, again, the balance. So I guess, like... How do you approach risk within your work? And do do you just at what point do you think, oh fuck it, I'm gonna take a go on the take a punt on this or a punt on that? Well, I think it for me it boiled down to literally my own personal happiness. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like I could I could quite easily I was you know, I was gigs were coming in and I was, you know, I was out there doing however X amount a week, blah, blah, blah. But I was ultimately wasn't happy because I wasn't able to kind of. Tr- I was, I suppose, in some ways, there's that selfish angle was I wasn't truly be able to express myself because I wasn't able to play any of my own music. So I'm at home in the in the week making all this stuff, going out on a weekend, never playing it, having all this other great music to play, which is wicked. But there's a, there's this a, this one side of me which that is kind of like I can't I couldn't 
um, reconcile. Do you know what I mean? This this unhappiness within it. So it's almost like, what do what do I need to do if I if I want to continue to do this? I need to be happy in what I'm doing. Um, but I also recognize at the same time that yeah, there is the financial risk of kind of like just turning all that th- those gigs down and the ability to make that money in favor of of trying something that might not work. And, you know, and again, it was something, you know, I had to, you know, I spoke to my wife about and she could see that I wasn't happy. Do you know what I mean? And she was kind of like, she was behind me 100% because it's kind of like that happiness that I feel from going out on the weekend will, you know, will seep through to the rest of, to the happiness for the rest of the week. Do you know what I mean? So she doesn't want me coming back from the weekend and just being sort of sulking and like being generally sort of being morose about, the gigs that I've just done and then you know, leading up into the next weekend, like, Oh God, I've got, you know what I mean? So dreading it, it was, rather than enjoying yeah, it. Dreading it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're enjoying it. So it's kind of like I needed to do something about that. So I think just doing the, the working on the live thing and knowing that it's 100% me, my sound, my music, it, it was like, it gave me kind of like, well, this is in some way this is me truly representing myself finally mm. you know um and if people i don't know it's kind of like it's like you, the you, it was the, it was i like the idea of people coming along with me for that period of time and immersing in my world as i see it do you know what i mean as i hear it um and it, it was, I don't know, it was something that I haven't, I haven't really, I, you know, I'm envious of people like Caliber and people like, you know, like Skeppy and, you know, yourself now, you're, you're getting to a stage where you can literally play a set of all your own music. Mm. And I, I kind of, I like the idea of that. I know some people don't, mm. but I like the idea of that because it's like, that's you, that's you representing you yeah. within an hour of and a whole night. But I guess I, think- I guess what I would say to that really, and it's a question it's sort of a question and a statement, is that like you have to have worked a little bit on and this isn't me telling you how to do it, absolutely not. It's me saying like <laughs> what, what what I feel like I've had to do with me is to really work on how I react to everyone else and work on how much impact people's reception can have on me and my own confidence in what I'm doing and it's so I guess like I've really just started to think a lot more recently that I don't really give a fuck what most people think and again it again goes back to your point about personal happiness being super important in terms of being able to do a good job um so that would be like the sort of outline of what I'm trying to which what I'm going to ask, which is, are there any sort of personality traits within your identity that you've you're conscious of or that you've worked on that have helped you to make difficult, risky, or positive decisions um, at any point really throughout your career? I know taking the step to do a live show was a big one, but I'm imagining there's some major points in your creative life where you've had to take. Uh, chances, risks, or, you know, have a punt on yourself. And I wonder what, like, personality traits you can identify in yourself that 
maybe other people could work on to sort of like foster that um, confidence or do you know what I mean I know that's a difficult question because it's like it's not something that everyone thinks about all day every day but I just wonder whether you know. Well, no, I think it's just, I think for me, it's just like, I just, I, you know, I dread the idea, the thought of being, of going through the motions of, of, you know, of, of being unhappy in, 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 in the job that you do. Do you know what I mean? I, because I, 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 see, I think we're, you know, really lucky that in, with what I do, like that whole that sort of like get paid to see the world basically. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, so what have you got to be miserable about? Well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's at the but, same but time. Again, but again, that again, that's like, it, that's something we need to get into really, because I feel like mm. so many people look at it and they go, you know, there's this whole DJs complaining thing. Cause they look at it and they mm. think, Oh, what's, what have you got to moan about? But actually for me, and I guess lots of people, there's so much time where you're agonizing over the music you're going to play, the music you've made, what changes you need to make to that music, how you're going to get it to the fans you want it to go to, whether it's, you know, the reaction of people. There's so many things that sound like, all oh, you know, like those aren't really big problems. You know, you're, you're being a, a traveling DJ. But really, there's a lot of things that are very difficult to deal with on a day to day. Uh, creatively, depending on how invested you are creatively, like yeah, no, definitely. I like, you know, when I, you know, for for example, with um, the early sort of like bad company, when we sort of decided to split up, kind of thing. Again, that was a tr- transitional point for me as well. Before I started exit, it was like I'm, I'm in, you know, Dan had kind of gone off and done his breakbeat chaos or whatever it was called, and then there was me, Jay, and. Me, Jay, and Mick left, and you know, Bad Company was still a name. It was still a bookable name, and even towards the end of it, when Dan was still there, it was kind of like I was finding that I was this—I was one of four voices, but a, a voice that wasn't really being heard, and I just wasn't happy. Do you know what I mean? But I'm in this great position of earning really, really good money and hating it. So I mean, it was like that was like what I'm like, what the fuck? Kind of like what? How can you? It's like you're doing really well. What have you got to complain about, kind mm. of thing? But at the same time, there's just like this this underlying, and I think it's, it's just a, my own personal experience and my own personal traits, where it's kind of like that isn't important to me. The fact that we're doing really well and how successful I am is kind of like it's like I want to be happy with what I'm doing. So, you know, it was like, oh no, I need to. So, do you think that's I been a theme, be- like throughout your decision? So, for example. Like you've just said, you you moved from the the idea of doing loads of Debridge D- DJ sets to doing um, Debridge live show to, because you weren't happy, and you've just said that you weren't sort of like super happy with what you were making and DJing as bad company. So you made that bold decision to be happy. So is your? It seems like those decisions, if they're completely driven by you feeling happy, then that's like mm. that is an ultimate goal, isn't it? That's like everything you do is f- to those ends. So anything that's not I making... I think so. You know? Yeah, I f- I, you know, I think so. If, you know, it's just in terms of my life and the things that I've that have happened to me and the things that, you know, my experiences growing up as a kid and where I am, kind of... the, the Those... The search for happiness is like... A, it is a, an ongoing theme. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then... And then weirdly now... I think another aspect of kind of like where sometimes music making now has become harder in some respects is because I'm in a, I am happy yeah. with, with my family and things like that. 
it's like it's so ironic, isn't it? It's so bad. I know. It's like I because you know I look, you know you, when it's like I don't sing anymore. It's because because I've got nothing to complain or moan mm. about. Do you know what I mean? If you listen to all my songs or with the songs I stuff, it's like there's this real sort of melancholy to it all, and this this there's this search to kind of answer a question or resolve an issue that this kind of in in my life and i don't have that anymore do yeah. you know what i mean so that begs that begs the question darren um yeah is being a creative person compatible with being happy like or do you feel like is it compatible it's, it, it, I, for I mean, some people it is definitely I, so like it's, it, I, let me rephrase that maybe so I would say being a creative person brings me some of the greatest joys that I've ever had, but it's mm. also brought me some of like the worst, most crippling uh, anxieties and fears and uh, depression. So it's like what you're almost what you're almost saying is like I've sort of completed it because I'm happy, and therefore like <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like if that's your goal, your overall goal, but. But then almost by exposing and opening yourself up to being a creative still, are you sort of risking that happiness? I don't know. I think it's like, well, music, I feel, well, you know, I feel I said, I make music for my own reasons. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and the outside world isn't a reason. Do you know what I mean? So if I've had a shit day or a shit week at home or like, the kids have like wound me up or do you know what I mean? Me and the miss or me and the missus have had an argument. Music is this outlet for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And making music and I can use it in that way. Do you know what I mean? So it's like therapy, like a therapeutic thing. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is therapy in a lot of ways. Um, Do you think you're, do you think you're addicted to making music? Or do you think, let me say that more broadly. Do you think you're, addicted to making stuff um, um, do you like yeah, could you so. like like if you go a long period of time without either making music or taking photos or being creative in any other outlet with any other outlet that you you have mm. do you are you do you get like any sort of yeah i get yeah i get super super moody yeah withdrawal yeah you know, yeah. yeah, I need, I do, yeah, I do need it. Even if it's, like I say, even if I don't, even if nothing comes of it, just the act of doing it is enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so that's that's a really interesting thing, just to pounce quickly on that. Um, okay. So, you, do you know about this, like, idea of flow? So, like, you, you've definitely had it at some point, I'm certain, like, where you go in and the idea is writing itself and you look at the clock and suddenly like eight hours have gone and it's in, you're in like this weird meditative state where yeah. suddenly you end up with a tune and you couldn't tell anybody how you made it because it just all came together. So yeah. do, do you do it? Do you go to the studio and go to be creative sometimes just to achieve that state or to just to, like you said a, a minute ago, just to go through the, the motions or, or does it have to have an end result from that time you've invested in? Do you see what I mean? No, it doesn't always. It doesn't always have to have an end result. I think just kind of, you know, that's why you know why I love messing around with guitar pedals and things like that. I just like 
creating tones and hearing them and listening to them and he, hearing what I can do and what's possible and and it, it, occasionally, you know, occasionally I'll record things down and be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Maybe I'll do something with that. But a lot, a lot of the time, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't go in, in always go into the studio with the intent of, in, with the intent of creating something to 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 get to a finished goal. But again, like you were saying, that kind of like, you know, into that meditative state. Sometimes you you do just go in there, and that happens, and it takes over, and. Yeah you're not sure what's driving it, but, and it, it's almost like every choice that you make seems to be the right choice. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know. So it's almost like yeah. some, something else is, is, is driving you, controlling you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it is a crazy thing. It's like, I was listening to this other podcast. Um, it's the Blind Boy podcast. If you've not listened to it, it's the first few episodes are amazing, but there's so many and it started in 2017. So I have barely caught up, but okay. He he talks a little bit about flow, um, and about how he achieved flow when he was writing his book, and um, yeah. and he talks about how when you're in that sort of flow state of creating, that your your ego's gone, and there's no critical mm. voice there saying this is fucking great or this is fucking shit. So, mm. and as soon as that voice starts to creep in, that's when you get into trouble because mm. you know you know how I said. I think we were talking about this earlier before we started the conversation about um, reacting to external critics, but then you've also got your internal mind saying, is this good or isn't this good? And like, I wonder where that factors in for you and, and how quickly maybe you start to be critical of what you're doing um, or whether you, you're able to allow yourself to just continue down an indulgent creative path before that voice comes in. I think I I do as as much as possible. Do you know what I mean? And to, it's like I don't like work. You know, I've obviously it's, it's silly things like distractions of like whether it's the internet or you know someone's ah oh, someone sent you a tune and that's enough to kind of distract you, pull you out of that of that meditative state. Do you know what I mean? And that's where you know I used to have this thing even like with weed and when I used to smoke weed and it was like used to get into that helped me get into that stage, and I thought it did. And then it's that thing of like the next day you go back and listen to it. I'm like, what the hell is this nonsense? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. So, so alternative states like yeah. help you, yeah, or get you into a different mind state. But I guess actually, I think I asked you this at the beginning, and I wonder now if we've had a, now we've had a bit more of a chat, if you know more of an answer. But say when you used to smoke weed and that got you into a, a, a sort of confident, creative mindset. Mm. What have you replaced that with, or what what um, what facet of your personality or your mood or whatever on any given day do you know has to be a certain way or what I don't know what coffee do you have to have had for breakfast or whatever before you can feel confident about or feel in the right mindset to go and do that thing oh it's really hard down to this time I was like I think it could be as simple as like do you have a routine for example it could be that simple yeah, I do. I think, do you know what it is? I think where it's like, I tr I think the tunes where I truly let go is almost at the points where I don't have to worry about anything else around me, like my family. It's almost like they're asleep. That's the time when I can do things, but I can only do that for so long. Do you know what I mean? Or for so many days a week where <laughs> it all catches up with me because I've got to get 
could get the boy up and ready for school. Yeah. But those, when I do do uh, those kind of sessions, they are quite productive in that sense. Um, so when you know that all your other obligations are taken care of sort of thing. Yeah. So the, there is that kind of sort of physical freedom to be able to like, right, I can truly indulge in what's going on in front of me. Mm. Um, you have to kind of almost like finding those times and spaces, uh, a, a, a kind of important. So I think what it is, what I've, where, where I've got to now is like in the times in the day where I have these certain hours in the day, I almost like there's like preparation in some respects of like finding sounds and learning bits of equipment and like uh, finding a nice routing of, of pedals. And so you, you kind of trying things out. You almost sort of like mixing some mixing sounds and mixing colors and seeing what, Okay, that's pretty cool. Mm. I'll I'll mentally jot that down and you know do that for that later that other that period where you've got that f- total freedom to be able to then implement all those kind of little ideas that you've come up with. So you're basically doing that. the groundwork before you do the actual work, sort of thing. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you, do you like have any hard and fast or sort of like go to things that you would do if you were stuck creatively like say you're i don't know stuck for an idea like you're in the tune maybe or like you maybe you're not maybe you've got nothing is there like processes or maybe things you do where you might take a break or anything i guess Um, that you might do to help get you moving is there no no i don't think so i don't know i really i almost like i haven't not that I can f- sit there and think about that. I do. I think what well, the problem, the, the the situation I'm in at the moment now is kind of like I've got a hell of a a lot of equipment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've got this thing of like, right? I know, you know, I've got all these great things, but in some ways they're kind of getting in my way at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's like I've had to. I've seen it where it's affected other but other people. It's like all the gear and no idea. That mm. old adage, do you know what I mean? It's like I've. I think you know. I think it's like finding it, finding something that works for you. Which is why I found that Bitwig works for me because it allows me to mess around with all my outboard creativeness and record it quickly and easily and have it there. Do you know what I mean to come back to? And the same with like the Electron Digitac. I think that's where I feel like a lot of my base ideas have been coming from that. Mm as well because creatively it's a really creative machine because of its limitations weirdly limitation is for me is one of the most important and most powerful um tools for creativity for me but i'm not saying it's for yeah everybody. no i think it, i think it it, it, it is it is it definitely is and if i look back over because as well as there's moments of like when i look back over my career and kind of like how did i what did i do to do to get to that place or what was i you know, using to get to that place. And it wasn't like, I didn't have all this shit. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't, it's nice that I've got it all, but don't let it get it in the way of getting on with what you need to get on with. Do you know what I mean? Because you can just use a laptop. Do you know what I mean? And the sampler. I think that's the thing, like in, with what we were talking about earlier with the technical and the sort of like mix element. There's so many different ways to skin a cat and there's so many different parameters that you can fiddle with that I feel like Mm. it almost becomes a barrier to actually just finishing an idea since I bought 
all the electron gear um mm. it's my go to so when i when i'm stuck i'll just go and yeah. sit by this thing not look at the computer i don't save the patch i won't uh, you know i like i'll record it as audio and i'll get it in and that's it and it's just for me mentally it's like it clears that headspace of editing capabilities like that is what it is now i'm happy ish yes. i'm not i'm not looking for it to be absolutely perfect i'm looking for it to just do what i roughly want it to do i'm not yeah. i rarely go in and i think i need to make a sound that's exactly like this and rarely do i ever achieve exactly what i want Ooh. it's more i'm a yeah. slave to the process of making rather than this is the idea in my head and it's exactly how i thought of it it's more like and I think, I guess actually that's what I would ask you is like, do you go in with concepts or do you sort of, are you more just sort of um, um, to the process? You're like more like you just go through and make make decisions as you're moving through. Um, I guess that's a close, that's like, like, that's like a closed question, I guess. It's like, what yeah. do, you, do you, are you a slave to the process or do you have like a concept or is it somewhere in between or, you know, how does that look? No, I, 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 you know, I definitely go in with a concept in mind in the sense of like, okay, at least like, well, what BPM am I going to work at today? Okay. What tempo are we going to, you know, travel at? Where I'm not sort of like classically trained as such, do you know what I mean? In terms of like keys and chords and scales and whatnot, that bugs me. And yeah, But it's weird, like I've been doing it for so long that I could have done something about it, but I've chosen not to. But you could you could look at it the other way that you don't have that um, that sort of those restrictions on you in terms of I've worked you know you've probably worked with people who are classically trained and they're like oh no you can't go to that chord from there because it's not right where actually it's like yeah, well, why I, not yeah you know, I, know, you know I mean and and I think that's where like, almost like where I've kind of like the art of sampling and sampling has been has been a big part of what it is that I do where I like piecing piecing samples together that may not work in a sort of in a traditional sense but do in for to me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's what I don't think where where I almost like why I still almost like started buying Sims is kind of like, well I can't keep sampling people. I, you know, <laughs> let me get the, let me do it myself. Yeah. But the problem is I'm not good at that. Do you know what I mean? You're not good at what? So of creating those chords that I want to sample. But what I am good at is hearing something within what someone else has done. And, oh, that will sound good if I do this with it and pair it with this. I, I think, like, that's quite interesting that you've just said that because I think a lot of people would know you for your synth work, I think. Like, your newest records are very synth-heavy. They're you on synths, aren't they? They're, they're not samples, are they? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you, they are. Um, you're right, but I I do in I I listen to I do sometimes listen and I listen I you know check my old stuff and I do miss my old miss sampling. Do you know what I mean? I do miss that aspect of it. See, I think the reason why I can accept samples more than stuff that I've played myself is because you can't change the imperfections in the sample where you'll always beat yourself up about a performance part of a synth part that you played. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, that that sounds a bit like how I wanted it to be, but not perfect. And you can like mm. accept 
imperfection because you're again it's that limitation of working with the sample you can't change much about it but with all the synth parts you can and so the fact that you haven't or that you're having to live with an actual imperfection that is just of your making that makes it more difficult but i think and that's that's that actually leads on to like an interesting part of it i guess which is about how people respond to your work versus what you think so you listen to your synth stuff and you you hear imperfection or you don't think you're very good at it where most other people would listen to it and think shit that fucking sounds great and like you know you mm. you always have that more intimate insight into what the process was behind it and therefore you add more yeah. weight to the imperfection and so i guess like does that make it difficult for you then if say if you are not happy or you like you've had to sort of you spot an imperfection in a tune that you made does it bother you when people respond positively to those? Do you find it hard to accept like positive praise about a track that you see imperfection in? Yeah, well, yeah. It's like you. It's like those ones that it's like that kind of thing of like where the tunes that only take three, four hours to make are the ones that everyone responds to, <laughs> and that kind of bugs you because it you 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 feel like you put no real effort into it. Do you know what I mean? It is irritating, though. Isn't it? it's super irritating but maybe it's that kind of like it's everything's converged into this 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 kind of three hours of perfection (laughs) that you don't realize that you've you've done it's funny that i I was so in the process of sort of getting my act together thinking about how i wanted these conversations to to be and what about what they're about i had loads of conversations with my dad because he used to be um art design teacher he's a super like creative type i guess you would say um and i met him i met up with him in hastings and he we went for a coffee and one of his friends came down who was a painter and we were talking about um she was saying that some of the paintings she's most proud of are the ones that came out and flowed and were done in two hours and then those are the ones that most people respond to than the ones she's really had to slog over for hours and hours and hours that took a long time to feel complete um and i guess that speaks to like the relationship of the creator to the work so just to i'll give you an idea of what i'm thinking about this and you can give me yours so there's tunes of mine that i wrote in next to no time uh workforce tunes spectral soul tunes that came together super super quick that i love um and i love them for their simplicity and the fact that i don't really remember how they came about and they came about that quickly and there's tunes that I spent hours and hours and hours, days and days and days that will never connect with anyone that really don't have much about them that I just have that extra attachment to because I spent that much more time on them. So I wonder where the process of making for you relates to how you feel about the result at the end. So I wonder if a positive making experience or a negative making experience or like a long and protracted making experience versus a short and free flowing making experience has an effect on how you think of the result, I guess is the, the way I would ask it. Um, I, I'm trying to think if it honestly does. Um, Cause I, It's it's almost like the, all the like the journey of you know all those those moments of and all those times of spending hours and hours of doing something you know I've kind of like I've got X amount of years under my belt kind of thing of like putting create making tunes it's almost like 
all of those long moments that led to nothing in some respects are, are like training in some ways to those two, three hours of, of, of moments coming together. Do you know what I mean? I think it's almost like that. When when I say when I say the kind of like it bugs me that those mo those those tunes that I spent two three hours on those are the ones that I like. It 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 doesn't it doesn't mean I don't like them. It just bugs. It's almost like it's bugged me that it's, it only took me that long to do it. But when I think about it, it's like well, no. It's almost like all those eight hour sessions or X amount hour sessions have all led up to that moment. So you're. Yeah, you're the all the hours you put in before are the things that people yeah. don't see, and then the result is the thing you made in three hours. And people are like, "Well, how the fuck did you make that in three hours?" And you're like, "Well, because I spent twenty years making twenty <laughs> yeah, other yeah. like thousands of other ideas that never came out." I get, I yeah. guess what I'm trying to get at, like, I, I wonder if, and I, I don't want these sort of chats to always be like my experience versus the person I'm mm. talking to, but I guess, like, I'm I can be super proud of stuff where if there's an, a tune that I've finished that at a certain point I hated or didn't think it was right and I got there in the end, I can look back at it and think, fuck, I'm so glad that I made that one work because I really like it now because I had to spend ages getting it to the point of... Um, I, I sometimes think maybe I don't have that that closer connection in some respects because it's like I'm living... Everything's within the moment, do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't have... I don't sort of reflect on it in that in that sense because it's... It did for me what I needed it to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Do, you, um, do you know what I mean? And I've moved on to this new, new problem within myself that I have to I have to contend with. So do you feel do you feel like not that connected to what you're making then? Or well, is it- I feel like that. I feel not that connected in, in the sense that I can listen to a tune that I did like a year ago and not have any idea on how I did it or how how I was able to do something within it. Do you know what I mean? Like, how the hell did I do that? Yeah. What What was the process? You know but, that's the, that, like, but that is the magic of it, isn't it? Like, that's yeah. the, I, I love that. I, lo- I love where people ask you how you made something and you're like, I've got no idea how I did that. I really don't know. I think, And I think people think there's an answer for everything and that's what is so mystical about um, process and about creative process for yeah. me is like that there is so much... Even when you are the person making it, there's a mysticism about how you made it and how you got into the headspace to make it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It's like there is, there is, there, there. Like I said, there are, there are no sort of answers. I think it's like you say, you, what you're, you kind of what you're getting at. There is mind states that you get into, and then later on down the line, you know, you get people trying to kind of like reverse engineer or kind of get an understanding of what what did that person do to get to that state, and then they don't even know themselves. It's like it's something you know, like. It's not, it's not necessarily being done in some kind of magical way, but it's being done in a way which is pleasing to that person's ear. Do you know what I mean? And they get to that point where they're like, yeah, I'm happy with that. And that's, been, and that's where I think, you know, people's sounds come from, where they, you know, that person has a sound because that's what they're tuned to. That's what they like. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you can define what it is that they do. Yeah. Um, which I think is important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I think... Oh, yeah, I mean, I I agree. So I can tell your tunes. Yeah, I can, I, I tell, can tell Skeppy's tunes. I can tell yours as well. It's and and it's and it isn't isn't and it's not a case of like. But, it, I, but to it, be honest, I couldn't tell you what they are. You know, like I I couldn't say what 
the sound is. I've always people have always said to me like, "Oh, I can tell a Spectral Soul tune," and I'm like, "Well, wow! Like they're they're really broad and different sounding, like different genres within the genre sort of thing." So I always think of to be I was and I can never put my finger on it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because you're, maybe you're just sort of looking at it from a perspective of kind of like, oh, well, that's a roller, that's a, that's liquid, that's or simplifying it in some senses. Yeah. But you're you're putting this extra part of yourself into it, that's cre- making this, creating the, this 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 piece of music into this subgenre. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's it's ultimately it's you and your choices and decisions that have got it to to that place. F- trying to kind of sort of pinpoint that essence is it's very difficult um i was reading this thing where it was like um so i had to do it when i was thinking about this, this these conversations and laying out the podcast idea is to if you can't think about what it is you want it to be um you can start to think about what it isn't and that helps you to refine the definition of what it is that you want to do and that was really important to me, actually, in terms of um, in terms of this, is that I knew I needed to sort of prepare, and I will leave this in the edit. Fuck it, because I think people need to know like how the process Ooh. works. Um, like, it was really important to me that even though I knew there had to be a certain amount of research behind this, in terms of knowing roughly what I wanted to get out of the conversations and what I didn't really want to spend too much time on, you know, like yeah, um, the, you know, so. Um, <laughs> I think it's really important that people listening don't feel like there's a right and a wrong answer or that they're being preached to. No, it's more, no, no, not talk, it's yeah. more just like, I want to explore ideas with like-minded people and get feed, you know, people can chip in with their thoughts and, you know, we can go back to them in other conversations. And I just think the whole thing can be a process of um, trying to sort of define and work out the best ways to do what we do or what we're what we're struggling with and it's all about just like communicating ideas and yeah and also for people to be able to make sense of what they're doing you know like through mm. just just talking about it helps people to make sense about what their goals are and what they want to do you know yeah exactly i mean you know i think like some of the things i've said throughout this conversation i'm sure i'm sure people have answers to but i don't necessarily want them <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't it's like these it's, it's i these this is my process to get into where i want to get to personally mm. and it's like when i do a new project i kind of like i've got i've you know you start with an idea and then if you think about if you think about the end product before you've even started you know started it it's not gonna it's just just gonna get in the way all of that kind of stuff will come and it will come naturally and if it doesn't it doesn't you know, you're, I'm sure as you go along, you're going to kind of like, okay, well, I could have, I could have recorded this better, but cool. But we've had the conversation, and yeah. it's there, and we, you know, you can move on. So I think that those, those are all kind of creative decisions. Do you know what I mean? Just it's it's all a process of getting to a better result. So all of it. So you have to start somewhere, and if you, and there's never going to be a great time to crack on, and you know, it's always going to be. Yeah. There's always going to be something you could do better. So, yeah, it's you know, it's you just have to sort of start. Um, with regards to goals, it's funny you just said that because I've literally one of the notes I've got down here is actually a quote from a book, and I think it's I'll just read it out verbatim, I might not leave okay. it in, but it's interesting. And it just says, A goal defines the outcome. You, when you have a goal, the route to it becomes a labor, 
and the imagination becomes closed to all other possibilities. Um, if the process is interesting, the result will be interesting. So it's like, that's why I asked you about sort of going in with a set idea of what you want to achieve or whether you just go in and allow your mood to dictate and the process to dictate the outcome. Because I'm, I think it's quite interesting to know, like, because... You know, for example, when I was at university and we did, I did graphic design, they'd give you mm. a brief and if you immediately just think, oh, I'll just, th you know, you think of a result first and then you work the process to get there, it's ultimately a shitter result than if you just allow mm. yourself to go through the actual process itself um, and it creates a more um, interesting outcome by allowing the process to dictate the right end and that's all... Yeah, I think the goal, I've, I, I consider the goal in terms of like, what is it that I want to do? And then it's like, then, okay, what's the initial step to getting, what's the initial step to, to, to get on that process of getting to that goal? I don't, it's almost, it's like you have the start and end points and you, I don't think about the in-between. Do you know what I mean? I think the, I, it's sometimes, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a bit contradictory. It's kind of like, it's like, for example, when I did the, um, played at the Caliber Night, it's like, right, I want to write two tunes, a couple tunes that I can play for that night. So that's when I went into the studio with that in mind. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay. And those are the first sort of drum and bass tunes that I've written in a long time. Um, and already it's like, like people, someone wants to sign them. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, okay. But so it's like, there was a, there was an end goal, but, and that was the result that, you know, that was the goal that I was aiming for. So I kind of, I suppose went through the motions to get to, mm. to get to or the process to get to that goal. But on any other time when I go into the studio, it isn't, I don't, I don't think about those goals. Or think about the end result in that in that sense. Um, I think I work. I maybe I personally I work well with goals in mind, mm -hmm. but not. I don't really care too much about how I get there. Yeah, but I think there's so a goal is such a broad term because, for example, a goal could be um, I want to have an album. It could be a deadline, for example, rather than a yeah. rather than an. Uh, an amount that you need to fulfill. So it's not like mm. a goal could be J today. I just want to get one drum break. That sounds great by the end of it, or it could be as big as I think yeah. by the end of this year or next year, I'd like to have this in place. And, and they are important to form the framework of um, what you're doing. And also mm. as a freelancer, as a self-employed person, if you don't have goals, you sometimes feel a bit in the wind. I certainly do. I feel a bit like I can be down mm. if I don't have, I, I actually get quite down when I finish a project like when I yeah. hand the masters over, I feel like shit. Like what next? You know, just, yeah. and I find that I can find that quite difficult. Um, so it is, it is good to have goals, but obviously it's it's towing the line between a goal that restricts your ability to be the best version of you. God, that sounds like a Instagram. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like for, a goal that like restricts your abilities and a goal that really focuses your abilities and what you're doing. But it's like how. But then it's like at what point have you given yourself too tough a goal or a goal that's restricting you? And I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? It's like you need them, but yeah, you don't want um, them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I need them. I don't want them, you know, sitting here talking to you and actually 
critically thinking about it. I think maybe I do work better with with those things in mind. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and all these all these times, I think all these times in between and maybe leading up to that. Do you know what I mean? Like the possibility of the end result and the process of how I'm going to get there is what's exciting for me. It's funny how it can be either self-fulfilling and self-perpetuating or self-defeating and absolutely destroy everything. It's like, yeah. you know, a good day can create 10 more good days and a bad day can yeah. create 10 more bad days. I guess actually a big part of this from a personal standpoint, all these talks and like me actually thinking it through is to have a better understanding myself, but also to see whether I'm just crazy and the way that it works for me is not the same for everyone else, you know? like So I... I I feel like uh, mentality is just such a big part of of uh, being a creative person. Like I, and I and I wonder like about other people's dynamics about how their man- mentality works in terms of, like I just said, like a, a good day can breed ten more, and a bad day can be like, you know, the month's over and you get no more done. It's it's just such a big factor for me in terms of i think what be will be interesting with this is like is talking also talking to people who are at different different levels within within what within what we do so to speak or to, you know speaking to someone who has who is really successful and the pressures of what of the, the pressures of the creative process for them don't you think that you're pretty successful and you're doing that now you're talking through the pressures of what you feel on a day-to-day yeah but no but i normally like, but but my sense is like i don't have to i don't have to please anyone other than myself do you know what i mean whereas that there's they've got an added pressure of having to please people that <laughs> i mean that kind of pressure and that kind of getting in getting in the way of my creativity it was like would freak me out yeah i mean this is a side of uh, the discussion we haven't even touched on. I I, we maybe we could quickly is like where the art meets the industry and sort of. I guess it, it's something I've thought about really is like where we find as creative people our value and our place and like how the ecosystem of like making shit, making creative stuff that you think's good or that you want to present comes up against the real world sort of situation of it needing to sell or needing to be popular or well that that could that but that yeah that gets that does get that gets in the way of things it's like any it kind of like you, you can hear you hear it on a on a daily basis where it sounds condescending but some a creative person comes up with an idea that sounds great and everyone really likes and then everyone's like oh shit how can i I want to do a version of that, to, which is, you know, ultimately just trying to monetize that that one mm. great idea. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So then that that's where the industry gets involved in, in the sense of like wanting to monetize great ideas. Yeah, and it's required for you to be able to afford to make more great ideas. But then it's again, it's the same with what we were saying. I think it's with every aspect that we've talked about today. It's like the balance of everything. It's like you have got to pay the bills if you want to carry on being able to go to the studio and create nice ideas. You have to make a you have to make not sacrifices, but you do have to think about how these ex- ideas exist in the real world and how they're valued. 
I think if it came down to it, though, what what I I know that I'm with even within myself, like if I suddenly wasn't getting booked anymore, or the you know I was DJing, I'd be okay with that in the sense of like I'm not afraid to go out and go and get get a nine to five job. Do you know what I mean? If like if that's what I've got to do to kind of to, to provide for my family, but that doesn't mean the music would still would still would still always be there. Do you know what I mean? My studio will still be here in mm. some form or another, providing me with the outlet that I need. Do you know what I mean? It's just that I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can let you almost like drip feed out some of my, some of my creativity to kind of, to fund my life. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, because, well, because your what you do is thought of as valuable to a lot of people and therefore they want to support what you do to allow you to do yeah. more. Do you know what I mean? And and that's, yeah, yeah. that's I guess, it in a nutshell, isn't it? It's like, do you ever think about like where your value lies and like what you're contributing? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, um oh God, this is such a, again, another sort of, it sounds really grandiose, but like your position in terms of what you offer to like the world. The only way I think I've said it before, the only way it ever really impacts on me is this kind of like, the selfish idea of like leaving my mark in some way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I like the idea of that. I think yeah. <laughs> of long after I'm gone, there's a record of me somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The legacy of it, I suppose, mm. of my existence. Okay. That leads me, I guess, into probably the second to last question, which is, <laughs> okay. um, would you say then, that legacy and making a mark is what success looks like to you and if and if not then what what does success look like to you as a creative person uh, success what does success look like i think i think we have touched on this a little bit because you said that the goal is to be happy and i think yeah i think you could talk about success in the sense of personal achievement and personal well-being but also what you want to achieve from your career. And I guess if I was just going on what you've said today, you've said that you want to be happy and you are, and that you, you want to leave a mark. And, you know, I would say that you have because you've done something that lots of people wish they could do and haven't. But is there anything else that you would say would be important that, that you, that you might have already achieved or that you, that you want to achieve? I think it's 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 shifted now. Whereas my successes and my goals, my, my in terms of my creativity, aren't necessarily about me anymore. Now that I have children, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's like they're that they're almost like that's my next creative endeavor. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like the choices that I make and the the things that I do will have an, a direct impact on on the kind of person they grow up to be. So do you feel like you have a responsibility then to be true to yourself and sort of actually what 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 would you like to pass on I guess would be the be- better question is what attributes about what you do do you think would be important to pass on to your to your kids if that's what you think would be your idea of success It's like this idea of you know the whole thing of my tagline true to the craft is that kind of idea of kind of like of recognizing sort of honesty and integrity in others. 
you know what I mean? And having, and hopefully, and having that yourself and doing things for the right reasons. There's a, a theme of kind of honesty, integrity, um, compassion, empathy, love. I don't know. I'm just not being very articulate with no, what I'm no, trying I, to say. No, I, but... think, I think you are. I think you are. I lo- I really like this idea. Obviously, I don't have kids, so but I have thought about. Um, I have thought about like. Would I selfishly would I be able to not do what I do now if it meant um if financially I couldn't it's a, uh, yeah I mean what I'm trying to say in a lot in a nutshell is mm. could I ever give up what I do now um mm. just to make more money to satisfy financial needs for kids or is it a balance between you being a happy person and fulfilled person and unfortunately being afflicted by the addiction of having to make stuff for a living <laughs> versus being able to support a family. And I feel like you've sort of nailed it there by saying that the ideals that you work towards with your creative stuff, that's what you want to pass on and that's what you kind of see as success. And I guess that's <laughs> that's kind of not even what I meant when I asked the question, I, I but but it's a more interesting answer because... I, I asked it from a selfish sort of e- probably egotistical point of view is like what would you you mm. see as a successful end to or uh, achievement throughout your career and I just like the idea that you've brought it back to like a more holistic ideological thing yeah it is I know, and I know it is do you know what I mean but it's like because I think, like I say, I look at my upbringing and and what I went through, and, and it's that kind of thing. You don't want to like, you do, you only want the best for you, for your children and the best for your kids. So it's like, it's almost like when you know, I look at my studio, and for me, in my in in a weirdy in my head, I'm just, it's just on loan at the minute for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At some point, <laughs> but even but I would never try and force them into it. No. But it's there if they want it. They were there if they want want it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I think it create. I, I, I think also from a personal point of view, I've always, I've always gravitated towards people who, who are creatively minded. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or um, why do you think I want? Why do you think I want to have these conversations? Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, it's because because there is they have, that, that they've got that same. Maybe you know they've got the um, that understanding of how your what how your brain's wired. Mm. And they've got the same struggle. They're having exactly the same struggle, really, in terms of finding a place in the world, finding a balance with their lifestyle and the uh, the other needs that they want from life, like a family and all that other stuff. Um, And you're constantly sort of battling demons, aren't you? It sounds awful. It's not as sort of bad as that. It's more just like, yeah, you're sort of dealing with shit that other people don't. I don't know. That sounds really. That sounds like ridiculous as well because everyone has their battles. But I just think, yeah, you're yeah. sort of wired slightly differently, I guess, and and you've put yourself in this precarious uh, job environment. <laughs> so you you know how quickly things can turn to shit, or how quickly your mood can change. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I, look, we've been talking for over two hours. Um, Thanks so much. I think we've like covered so much, and also I feel like we've gone to some places that I didn't think actually that we would go. And you've, and I think what's going to be so interesting, really, about all these conversations is that 
everyone builds on the one before. So I yeah. can I can take new perceptions that you've given me and new perspectives you've given me and take them into further conversations. Well, no, it's good. I mean, I've enjoyed it. It's just kind of like it's that having to sort of think about what it is that I do mm. isn't something I've done. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and I know I'm not, like I say, I'm not necessarily the most articulate with what I'm in, in expressing my thoughts in that way. Um, but um, it was good. No, I've enjoyed, enjoyed having this chat and it's made me sort of, in some ways, it's something that I've been thinking about as well. Kind of like when I sit in my studio and I'm sort of surrounded by all this stuff, it's like, well, do I need half of this? <laughs> I mean, little things, little things like that. Um, like what's, working out what's getting in the way do you know what mm. I mean and I think this is maybe this is where these these conversations that you're going to have with people are good where you can kind of some in some ways like answer some of those questions and see what's getting in getting mm. in people's ways it's just really it's a really powerful way of um, making sense of what you do because you have to put it through the yeah. filter of your brain and then talk about it which makes it real yeah. it's like it's like the basis of all talk therapies isn't it once you make sense of a, a yeah. thought in your brain and you say it you either know it's right yeah. or know it's wrong by by the how it feels when you say it it's so weird and i yeah. was talking about again i was talking about this with my dad a bit last week and he and he made the point that by putting a process that that is very abstract into words it can help you make it more conscious and it makes you like more present in the in the moment yeah. by by being yeah. sort of more aware of what's going on and what the process yeah. that you're going through and like what you're dealing with it's like that more more sort of um what do they call it mindfulness kind of thing where you're being more mindful yeah. about your what you're doing and um yeah exactly i just find yeah i just find i find everyone's process really interesting and i find talking about it really interesting and I, and that's kind of it really that's the, that was the goal for this is really to either be a resource for people to to listen to to get ideas and to see that everyone's having the same problems and yeah. struggles and you know and not feel so like downtrodden or feel shit about what they're doing and that you know everyone who's a creative has the same shit day in day out don't they so <laughs> yeah yeah all right cool well nice um Thanks so much, Darren.